0: That's what makes a business different from any other business is you just have to be authentic to who you are.
1: Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one size fits all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. These candles are amazing. You can smell the scent throughout your entire home, and I love that. Such cute packaging too. So happy with my purchase and will definitely be purchasing more products in the future. Love Dirt Road Candle Co. products so much. From the candles to her counter sprays and soap, everything is top-notch and makes my house smell amazing. I recommend buying anything from this small business this smell absolutely takes me back. The smells are fresh and familiar, which is exactly what I was expecting based on the description. I've ordered many candles and have been absolutely satisfied with each order from Dirt Road Candle Company. This has become my go-to for fragrance. You guys, these are just three of the hundreds of testimonials for my friend, Michelle Myers and her business, Dirt Road Candle Co. Now, if you followed me for any length of time on Instagram, you know that this is the only candle that I buy in my house. And not only does Michelle offer candles, she also has other products you can purchase for your home as well, including counter sprays, car freshies, hand soaps, and more. This conversation today with Michelle was so much fun. I have always admired her, and at times in the interview, you'll hear me say like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I followed you a little too close," because <laughs> I'm like. I could remember different aspects of her life from the past four years, but regardless, Michelle is not just a business owner I follow on Instagram. She is also a friend. She's in the Small Business Squad Mastermind that I shared with you a couple of months back on the podcast, and she really is just the kindest person, and I'm so excited to bring this conversation to you today. We talk about building a product-based business. We talk about Michelle making that shift from corporate America into being self-employed, we talk about how to navigate bringing new products into the lineup, and all the things. So if you guys love hearing business origin stories, if you love hearing from people who build not just businesses but brands, and if you love someone who is just kind and authentic, you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, I am going to kick it off with my friend Michelle Myers of Dirt Road Candle Co. coming at you this week on The Found Podcast. Don't you wish that sometimes you had a fairy godmother for your business? I do. Oh, and when I say I do, I don't mean that I also wish I had one. I mean, I truly have one. I, I have a fairy godmother for my business. Her name is Megan, and she is my VA. VA is a virtual assistant. So a virtual assistant is just like an administrative assistant, but they work remotely. So you don't have to have physical space for them. They work from the convenience of their own home on their own schedule, but they help you get stuff done. I honestly think VAs are the solution for the modern woman in business, whether you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner, because guess what? We do a lot of things, you guys. And we need support to help us get it all done. Megan Knapp is my VA here at MKM. And she helps me with scheduling, email organization, Canva organization, Dropbox organization. Organization is a theme here. So in general, she keeps my shit together, if you will. Uh, She helps me with our monthly billing, invoicing, reporting, spreadsheets. And all of those admin tasks that make my head spin that I am just not cut out for. Right now, Megan is accepting new clients on her virtual assistant roster. So if you are someone who could really use support in organization, in customer service, in getting all of the things done in a handy, efficient way, Megan is your fairy godmother in the wings. So just reach out VA at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message here at MKM, Molly, you know, me, the host here at The Fountain Podcast, and I will get you connected with Megan. Truly, she is a dream and your business will never be the same when you have her hands and her eyes on the admin side of your business. Trust me, Megan can be your fairy godmother too. And just reach out if I can help you get connected. Michelle, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I, so I was trying to think back in preparation for this. I'm like, how did I ever like come across Michelle? And I think it was on a podcast. I think it was, um, rural revival with Dana Larson. Yes. And yes. then I kind of stalked you for a while. And then we ended up meeting up at a vendor show because I ordered a whole bunch of candles from you. But that that was like three years ago, four years ago at this point. It's wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. I was still working full time at that point. And I remember how I was actually thinking about that podcast interview this morning because I was so nervous. My voice was so shaky. And I was like, I really hope I don't do that today. That was embarrassing.
1: It was a great episode because I remember being like, I need to follow this girl. And then I was hooked. I bought your candles and the rest is history. So, <laughs> I'm excited to talk all things about your trajectory of your business from being in corporate to starting your own product-based business to navigating through the crazy times of COVID and all the things that you're doing now at Dirt Road Candle Co. But before we get in, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Let's let you introduce yourself in your own words. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're located, and what you do? Sure.
0: So um, my name is Michelle Myers, and I live in Lewis, Iowa, which is in southwest Iowa. I farm with my husband, and we are fifth-generation farmers on my family farm. And yeah, candles all started because... I was bored and my husband worked all the time. If you know a farmer, you know that they're constantly working. And so I love good smells. I've always had a very sensitive nose and I was bored. And so I just Googled how to make candles and it all kind of started from there. Um, I went to a thrift store and bought a double boiler and started melting wax on my kitchen stove and pouring one candle at a time, one pound at a time. And, uh, gave them away as gifts and people really liked them and got good feedback from it. And so I opened an Etsy shop and um, I was doing all of this while working full-time corporate job in the egg industry. My um, degree is in egg business. So I've been in the financial realm of egg and insurance realm of egg. And then also like as a grain buyer at an ethanol plant. So I've just always had a creative side of me and those jobs were not fulfilling that. Mm -hmm. And so this was a nice little outlet for me. So.
1: Oh, and I, if anybody's (laughs) following you, like in the last two years or so, what you got for your facility for candle creation is quite a (laughs) bit different than it was back when you got started. So maybe take us back to those first months, years of trying this out as a hobby, and then realizing Mm -hmm. there's kind of a business opportunity here?
0: Yeah. So the first years were in my kitchen, and it got to the point where it was just like we couldn't eat because the entire kitchen was full of candle wax and oils and all the things. And there was candle Paraphernalia in every single room of our home, and it was suffocating. Like we were sleeping with candles at at one point, <laughs> and it was just not going to be sustainable long term. So when I knew I was going to go for this full time, I was like, okay, I have to have a building. This cannot live in my home. So we started talking to a local. Um, he builds like farm shops, salesman, mm-hmm. and that quickly turned into more than I could have dreamed because I knew I wanted it to be like a kitchen space because I need water and all the things to like wash stuff and it turned into a farm office slash candle shed and it's awesome and we've already outgrown it which is wonderful but also stinks because now it's like I'm spilling my things into my husband's farm shop and Mm -hmm. um yeah but It all works and I'm thankful for the space and I'm thankful it's not my home. So yeah, now I'm thankful for my own space and employees that come help me do all the things because it's a lot of work to hand pour every single candle. And um, so yeah, the building is magnificent and it's allowed me to do a lot of things like welcome people to our farm and and, um, get to show people who may have never been on a farm before what farms look like, what they entail. And uh, yeah, it's been a really cool opportunity to tie farm life
1: and candles
0: together. So,
1: Oh, and I can't wait to get into that side of things as you're talking about the events that you host in the candle shed and on the farm. And I'm really intrigued as we talk about like that moment in time when I keep taking us back, but I love Mm -hmm. people's origin stories. But (laughs) I'm really intrigued by that time where you were working full-time in the ag industry. Your Mm -hmm. candle business had grown, like you said, into every nook and cranny of your house. And I sound like such a creep, but I've been following you for so long. Like I remember (laughs) those days and you do such a great job of sharing that um, on Instagram in particular. And I remember you sharing stories about like getting off work on a Friday and then really your second job started and you were Mm -hmm. ready to create candles. Can you walk us through what did that look like when you realized that this, again, like it wasn't going to be sustainable to continue working the Dirt Road Candle Co. side of things only on nights and weekends? When Mm -hmm. did you realize it was time to take that full time? And what were some things you did to make that transition?
0: Yeah. So I was commuting 50 minutes to work at the time. So I would leave my house at like 7.10. Get to work at eight, would work all day till like 435 o'clock, drive another 50 minutes home. And then I would have sometimes like if I had an online release up to 50, 60 orders to pack, which takes a long time by yourself. Um, Candles are breakable items. So you have to be really careful about how you ship them, which I've learned a lot about that, too, throughout the years. But yeah, it was just a lot of work. And I usually would recruit my husband if he was home and could help me to pack orders. And it was just exhausting. And I, I think the whole time I just had like horse blinders on of like, this is going to be my full time job someday. So I just have to get through this season and, you know, prove to myself and to my husband, like this is a sustainable living and I can replace my, my income that I'm making at my job with candles So I, I think I, as I look back at it now, I'm like, how did I do that? Because that's crazy. But I think I just had such a clear vision of like, this is what it's going to be. And I just have to get through this season. And then on the other side of that is I don't have to work nights and weekends, hopefully. Which let's be real. There are still times where you work nights and weekends. And Mm -hmm. as a small business owner, you never really turn it off. But now I have... Kind of a, a pretty normal schedule, I would say. and it was all worth it, you know. But as I look back on it now, I'm like, how did I actually do that? That was exhausting because it was. I had two full-time jobs, basically. and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful I did it that way because it was a slow growth, and I was able to, you know, replace my income and have like a a nice financial padding for like, okay, I'm going to try this for a whole year. And if it doesn't work, I have enough income to survive. And then I can go get another job. Like I tried and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Thankfully I I haven't had to do that, but yeah, that was kind of the, the thought behind that.
1: I'm really glad that you talked about that, like giving yourself that runway, because I feel, and maybe this is just my perception of it, but in a lot of the online space, when we're following business owners on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, it can look like, you know, they just set their mind to it. They took this leap and, you Mm -hmm. know, things worked out. And it really takes, to your point, these seasons where we are just like being so gritty and just Mm -hmm. like doing what we have to do. And knowing that this is a season, I have to do what I have to do in this season to set myself up for that big vision. And Mm -hmm. like you said, giving yourself that runway, giving yourself that cushion kind of takes the pressure off. And if anybody listening is a small business owner and you've had those seasons where the pressure's on, like your creativity can get stifled. Things can feel so tight. But when you set yourself up to have runway and margin, you take that off and then like your creativity just kind of taps in. And so Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, growing slow like you Mm -hmm. did with that first couple of years of Dirt Road Candle Co. Really, while it was hard in the season, opened the door down -hmm. the road.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Mm. I love that. Okay, you mentioned this a little bit, but I want to dig into it a little further. As we know, in growing business, there are things that we look back on now and we're like, oh man, I would have done that so differently if I would have (laughs) known from the get-go. So mm-hmm. this is gonna be a two part question. Question number one, as you were growing this product based business, this candle business, was there anywhere you went for education or are you mostly self taught in the candle creation and then like the additional part of running the online product based business?
0: Yeah. Um most of it is self taught, learning as I go. I am not a person that it's just my personality trait that I just Fly into it, and then I figure it out as I go, um, which sometimes is really sucky. And I'm like waving a white flag, like someone come help me. I'm in too deep. <laughs> um, but also, like I think it's good because I don't overthink things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can get stuck in the research phase, or like the, you know, that research phase. I guess is a good way to put it. But they can get caught up in like the too many steps or they don't have it all figured out. And so that stops them from moving Mm -hmm. forward. Whereas like, I think my personality trait is go hundred miles an hour and figure it out as I go. And it may cost me some extra money because I'm going to screw it up, but I don't overthink it. And then we just go, you know? Uh So yeah, I've to go back to your question. Like I've screwed up a ton of things, but also I don't know. I think that's the process is you just have to figure it out as you go. And one of the most helpful things I think for me was I did a lot of markets when I first started selling candles and I met a ton of small business friends and I created this community of people around me that were doing product-based businesses, not necessarily candles, but, you know, hand towels or pottery or whatever it may be. And they had insight on like, oh, have you tried this with shipping? This has worked really well for me to not break my products. Or, you know, insight about how to dive into wholesale, because I had no idea how to even enter into that market and how that worked. So my friends have been amazing sounding boards for me. And I hope that I've done that in return too. But yeah, there's like a time and a place where you can enter into those conversations where it's not you know, like, Hey, give me this free information. Like that's Mm -hmm. not an acceptable way of doing that, but somebody who is in a product-based business doing the same type of thing as you, but not your competition. And you just collaborate together and figure out like, Hey, this is how this works. And like, let me share my knowledge that I've had with you and I can share some knowledge back with them. So that has been super helpful for me.
1: I love that. And I see all of that in what you do too. I can totally identify as well with the, you know, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. And mm-hmm. I think to your point, that really is such a, I mean, it can make a lot of people nervous, but I also feel like mm-hmm. in this age of information where mm-hmm. anything we want to know is literally just a couple of clicks away, we can really get hung up in the research phase, as you said, where we're like, I just need to know a little bit more and then I'll be ready. When mm-hmm. you know news flash you're never going to be a hundred percent ready. So I love your idea and your, I don't know if we'd call it advice, but like, I love that you took that initiative to just try things out along the way. And some of it worked, some of it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I also love that because product-based business truthfully, like is not my thing. Like obviously I'm a service provider, (laughs) but product-based, I always wonder like, how do people know where to go for shipping or how to buy labels? And so Thank you for bringing up how it started back in the vendor shows and really getting to know other people in the industry. And I mm-hmm. can even see it today, the people that you collaborate with and mm-hmm. the other businesses where they like carry your products. There's mm-hmm. just a community and really that uplifting spirit that has emerged that started so many years ago in these markets, but it continues mm-hmm. today.
0: Yeah we're all in this together. So like might as well share our knowledge and help each other.
1: Mm. So if we do want to say, okay, here are two pieces of advice for anyone who's listening and they're growing a product-based business of their own. Are there like two things that you can hone in on that you would tell that person to give them a leg up? And that might be a mm. lot to ask, but.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say build a community of people for sure there's always going to be something that comes up, whether it be like a customer has an issue and you're just not sure. I mean, sometimes people come at you and you're just like on the defense, right? But I would attribute this to like my 10 years of working with customers in corporate America. Like I was able to figure out, okay, take a deep breath. This is not personal. They are just having a moment. And like this, this is not we need to deescalate and, you know, just handle the issue. So I learned a lot in corporate America, of like how to work with people, but there's also just times where you just need a buddy to be like, Hey, it's okay. You know, like you may not be thinking that you should respond in this way, but have you thought about this? Or, um, I don't know. Sometimes you just need a, like a coworker, you know, I mean, we're not, we don't really have coworkers as small business owners, and so it's nice to have friends who are like co-workers to be like, hey, think about doing it this way or whatever. So I would say get some small business friends for sure. And a great place to start doing that is going to markets or just trying to network with people on social media, whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, like I'm in a mastermind with you and I don't even know how that came about, but I love our group chats and it's so nice and comforting to be like, oh, this really sucks. And, you know, like maybe you're going through the same thing at that point. Just nice to have a friend and like a listening ear. So I would say get some friends for sure. And second piece of advice.
1: Hmm. I don't know. know, Um, This is a tough one because there's probably a million things you could rattle off.
0: Yeah. I mean, going back to what I said earlier, I'd say just don't overthink it. Like, I think women in general can just overthink things to death. Um, And so, yeah, I think you just have to be willing to mess up and figure it out as you go and be willing to be vulnerable and share that with people. I think, I think people can connect to that, you know, right now we're trying pumpkins and flowers just for something new. And I, I, I'm like, we have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) My floor (laughs) is covered in um, pots of pumpkins because we're trying to get them ready for our open house, which is in August, which is very early. But we're trying to be pumpkin and flower farmers this summer and we have no idea what we're doing, but we're figuring it out. And I'm really excited about offering that maybe someday, who knows? Maybe we won't do anything with it and it will just be something for me to do in my free time. But I don't know. I think you have to be willing to mess up, willing to fail, willing to put yourself out there. You know, you got to put yourself out there for people to know you and for people to buy things from you. They have to know you like you trust you. So I guess that was maybe three part. But yeah, you just got to be vulnerable and put yourself out there.
1: Oh, And I really love that just putting yourself out there and trying new things because I know that though you started with candles – You have really expanded your product line over the years into cleaning supplies. I know you've done apparel, car freshies, things like that. Mm -hmm. Can you take us into that thought process when you decided, okay, I want to venture into some of these other products? And Mm -hmm. how did you you incorporate that into the Dirt Road Candle Co offerings?
0: Yeah. So all of those things have come about because they're things I want to use in my life. Mm So hand soaps, I'm a hand soap snob. Like I just don't like general hand soap. It's terrible and feels gross when you wash your hands. And I just want like a luxurious experience when I wash my hands. Um, Counter spray started because I had granite countertops. And so you have to be very specific about cleaners that you use on granite countertops. And I was using one that smelled terrible. And I'm like, why can't I make this myself? So I started doing research, like, how do you make a good cleaner for granite countertops? And now it's like our number two seller, which is crazy. We make so much counter spray. (laughs) Um, But people love it. So Car Freshies started because my best friend's daughter was crying because she couldn't take her candle in the car with her. And I'm like, well, let's fix that. So um, anyway, Car Freshies were born from that. I don't know. I mean, it's all things that I just use in my life. And Like I said, I've always had a sensitive nose and I just love good smells wherever I go. So that's how those were born.
1: Mm. And then is there like a research and development phase? I know you tend to just jump in, but like, let's talk Mm. about like the the counter sprays, for example. Mm
0: -hmm. Did you
1: have to spend a lot of time in the beginning, like sourcing products to make this happen or testing it with the market? How did that look?
0: Yeah. So, um, Yes, there is a significant testing phase. I feel like I was a little bit more lenient in the days where I wasn't selling as much product to as mm-hmm. many people. And now it's like, if I'm coming up with a new product, I probably research and develop it for a year plus before I release it to people. Cause I want to make sure it's good, you know?
1: And that's part of that um, learning curve. Like we talked about, like you do things different in the beginning than you do now, but
0: yeah, sorry. Totally. Totally. I came out with wall diffusers last spring, and I think I developed those for a good probably 15 months before they were released because the formula just had to be perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, it didn't work perfectly, and I don't want to send product off the door that isn't going to work. So, yeah, there's always a learning curve with stuff. And the other piece of that is we're only well and now i have a full time employee so we're only two people sometimes three people when i have a summer intern but we can only make so many things so we're kind of tapped out at this point as to like how many more products we can grow and develop to i have a bunch of ideas but it's like can we actually execute all of those things and be able to make all the things that we offer consistently because That time is an issue. And like, I don't want my employees to have to work nights and weekends. That's not fun. I don't want to work nights and weekends anymore because that burns me out. So, yeah, there's a time aspect of new products that goes into consideration now, too.
1: As an owner of a business that was growing and investing, I wanted to put my money to work for me. Back in 2021, I was just using a debit card to pay my business expenses. Now, there's nothing wrong with a debit card. Let me start by saying you have to make the smart financial choices that are best for you and your business. But I wanted to get a little bit more bang for my literal bucks, if you will. And so back in 2021, I started researching business credit cards. And I knew a couple of local business owners who raved about their cashback rewards that they received by using a Capital One Spark business card. And after doing some online research and reading those different uh, financial institution articles and reading the blogs from places like NerdWallet, the results were unanimous that the Capital One Spark business card was the best in the industry. In the years since opening my own Capital One Spark business card back in 2021, I'm happy to say that I am an advocate of their program. Not only do they give amazing cash back rewards, but the opportunity to grow and invest in my business has helped me grow my credit, has helped me get other discounts at their office supply partners, at travel partners. And it has allowed me to grow and invest in myself while getting cash back. So one of the first purchases that I made with my Capital One card was in a program that was helping me learn how to better serve my customers. It was a long-term workshop. And when I spent that money, I got a percentage of it back as cash. Had I just been using my debit card, I would have paid the full amount, but this way, I got some money back by spending that money. I know, it's silly sometimes, but honestly, if I can make money when I'm gonna spend the money anyway, I just, I feel happy about that. So if you wanna try a Capital One Spark Business Card for yourself, you can apply for the Capital One Spark Business Card using the link in my bio. And if you have questions, I'm happy to talk about my Capital One Spark Business Card experience I do want to say that as with any other credit card, you have to be careful and you have to manage and you have to pay attention to your finances. And if you need somebody to help you with that process, my friend Sheila Hansen is the go-to in that area. So anyway, Capital One, Spark Business Card, link in my show notes if you want more information. I think that is really important to talk about. And I know we touched on this a little bit ago, but as a small business owner, and somebody like yourself who's really innovative and trying new things and creative with your offerings, you can really get bogged down and burn yourself out in this pursuit of adding and adding and adding and adding. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like you said, be really aware and intentional of what you're bringing to the table so you aren't burning the, burning the candle at both ends. I did not even <laughs> mean that pun, but I think it's so important to like hear that really because you can mm-hmm. Be your own and in your own boss. You can work as many hours as you want. You can offer as many things as you want. But at some point, you mm-hmm. have to set up boundaries so you aren't overextending.
0: Yeah, yep. Because at that point, at what cost is that? You know, I mean, like you said, burning the candle on both ends burns your creativity up into nothing. And this is a business where I need to be creative, and so I need to take time to rest and rejuvenate and have a clear mind. So it's not always the best to to just fly a million miles an hour.
1: And this transitions really well into what I wanted to talk about next. But <laughs> I know that like when I think of Dirt Road Candle Co, I think of candles obviously and I think of the products that you offer. But I also think that you've done a really good job of building the brand up so that it represents a lot of other things as well because i think about you and i think about like ag appreciation and sharing that lifestyle i think about like you have built up this like real community of and a reputation of having these great products every single one is going to be made with love and it's going to really be something that people are going to not just enjoy from a scent perspective but it's going to be beautiful from the tape that you put on the box to setting it on your counter and like just appreciating the aesthetic of it. And so I really do think that, you know, part of what is so cool about you and the company you've built is the brand that you've created. So can you walk us through, I mean, was building all of that in a very intentional move? Was it something that just kind of organically happened? Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah.
0: So Dirt Road Candle Co. came because I had just started messing around with candles, and my husband and I had just bought a farm on a dirt road, and we were driving down the dirt road, and I was like, oh my gosh, Steve, Dirt Road Candle Co. That's, that's like, our place. Like, we were so proud of it, you know? So anyway, that's where Dirt Road Candle Co. came from. We were so proud to be owners of this farm on a dirt road. And uh, anyway, from there, it's just been my life. Like, I love candles. I created counter spray because I wanted to safely clean my counters. I made hand soap because I like the experience. So everything has just been true to me. So like, the branding has just been me. I don't know. And I think That's what makes a business different from any other business is you just have to be authentic to who you are and be willing to be different than other people out there. So I guess if that answers your question, you just have to be, be you. I don't know. Sorry, there's a lot of noise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is awesome. Yes. (laughs) I think, yeah. And when I look at the I mean, you could call them brand pillars, but it just Mm -hmm. feels like it's so authentic to who you are. And it's just as normal for me to be watching your Instagram stories and seeing the candles that you're pouring that day and then Mm -hmm. see you feeding cattle. Like Mm -hmm. it's just part of the whole experience. And I know that over the years, especially once the candle shed was built, you really wanted to pull people into that. Farm side a little bit more, and so now, can you tell us about some of the events that you host at the farm? Yeah,
0: yeah. So that has been one of the best things about moving to the farm that I grew up on, and um, so we now live here. So I live in the house I grew up in, which is kind of fun, kind of weird, but kind of fun. I I just like to think of it as fun instead of weird. But my shed is in my backyard. And we farm right around here. So I kind of decided after COVID, I don't want to do markets anymore. It's just a lot of work, not something I wanted to really spend my time doing, but I really wanted to still connect with my customers in a like face to face way. So I thought, well, why am I not inviting people to our farm? Like that's the perfect solution. I now have this great building to host people here. So yeah, now we do events at our farm, which is super fun. And my family has really been so gracious to allow me to do that because it's a lot of work to get a farm ready for a crowd of people to come to. So it's fun. Like last year, we had a lady come from Chicago who had never been on a farm before. She came to our farm to table dinner, ate our beef that we raise right out in the yard, like where we were having people sit. And it's just so great to like connect the dots for people of like, this is where your food comes from. This is how we raise it. We do really care about our animals and yeah. So it's, it's fun to connect all those dots for people and be able to give people an experience to come to a farm where they may have never been able to do that before. So,
1: And I think that's, I mean, right now, you know, Again, we live in an age of information and sometimes that information is disseminated really quickly. And so whether it's true or whether it's not true, like Mm -hmm. people can pick up information so quickly. And I know that especially among the ag community, something I've loved to see in recent years is this ag education and really being intentional about teaching people who like, to your point, may not have seen a farm before. Mm -hmm. what is really happening behind the scenes and not in a way that's like shoving it down their throat, but like, like you're doing, it's giving them an opportunity to come, to Mm -hmm. see it firsthand, to like be amongst the people and the animals and the farming lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I love that the farm to table dinner does that. And I know that in a recent open house event too, maybe this was This might have been your fall one. Um, Mm -hmm. But you had like tours that took people out into the pasture, Mm -hmm. right? How how was that received? Amazing. People love it.
0: Our cows are very friendly. They don't love to be like hugged and pet and that sort of thing. Like they are animals that, you know, coexist in in the wild, if you will, (laughs) fenced in wild, but they get used to us. My husband is an agronomist at Pioneer. So, he does a lot of yield checks throughout the summer. So he'll go and, you know, pluck ears from the cornfields. And then he has all these ears in his ears of corn in his truck. And so it's our favorite thing in the summer, late summer, to go out to the pastures and like throw corn at the cows and they come running and it's the whole thing. And I was like, showing that on social media and people loved it. And so when we were talking about Um, hosting people at our farm, I'm like, we have to provide that experience for people if they want to do it in real life. So at our fall open house, we'll go and harvest some corn, my husband will, and um, we'll take people on like a hayride, basically out to our pasture and show them what we're doing with our cows, let them throw corn cobs out at them. Um, The cows will come eat them right out of their hand and kids love it, adults love it everybody loves it. So I think cows are like the closest thing to dogs. And so people can just connect to cows very easily. And, um, so it's a great experience for people and been very well received.
1: Oh, and it, yeah, it gives them that firsthand opportunity to interact. And (laughs) as someone who I would say, I never foresaw myself living on a farm, being married to a farmer (laughs) I only recently came around to cows in the last like six months, but they are, I do think that they're like, like I pet them and I scratch yeah. their belly and I'm like, they are just like big dogs. They're so they cute. They Yeah. <laughs> they're adorable. <laughs> so if someone is listening right now and they're like, I would love to go and see what Michelle does on her family farm. I would love to be in attendance at one of these events. Do you yeah. have anything on the calendar coming up for like late summer or fall 2023?
0: yes um our fall open house will be august hold on i have to look at my calendar fourth and fifth i believe so let me verify that august fourth and fifth so it's a friday and saturday we will have food trucks here so there's gonna be like pizza acai bowls um, we'll have coffee ice cream all the things and yeah just come and hang out and experience the farm um, we'll also have a farm to table dinner on the Thursday night before so August 3rd and tickets will be going on sale for that soon. So that's just a great way to come see our farm, have a great four course meal with us and just enjoy a nice evening out with your girlfriends or your husband, whatever you want to do. And yeah, it's super fun.
1: So for the farm to table dinner, have to get tickets in advance. What about the open house? Is that a ticketed event too, or just come as you are?
0: Nope, no tickets. Um, So the open house is just free to come as you want. Um, Our hours, I think last year were like 8.30 to three-ish. And that's just because it gets really hot in the afternoon. So like nobody wants to be out when it's that hot. So yeah, Friday, Saturday, it's probably going to be like 8.30 to 3 We haven't set those yet, but stay tuned to social media. We'll tell you all about it and free to come and you can shop. You can hang out as long as you want. Um, Cow tours. We usually do those around 10 a.m. Just before it gets hot. So the cows aren't growly and um, you're free to join in on those. If you'd like to be prepared to get dirty last year, it was so dusty because we had no rain that people came back from the cow tour and their eyelashes were white from like all the gravel dust. (laughs) So like, be prepared to just get dirty and don't come in like your best clothes or high heels or anything like that. But just come and have fun and be comfortable. And we'd love to have you join us.
1: Mm, That sounds awesome. I know last year, the weekend you had it, I was occupied, but keeping fingers crossed that this year's my year, maybe I can come. (laughs) Um, Just a couple more questions, Michelle. So We've talked about having the in-person experience for your customers. We've touched a bit on online ordering. I know you also do a lot of wholesale. We didn't cover that too much. So can you talk about how did you decide to take some of your products to a wholesale market and how did you start making those connections with retailers and boutique owners to get your products stocked in their stores?
0: Yeah. So wholesale has been a very Slow growth for me, um, mostly because for a couple years when I was really going hard at this, I was working full time. And so my capacity to mass produce, if you will, was limited. However, I knew that this was going to be a big piece of my puzzle as to how to get my brand out there, create more brand awareness, that sort of thing. And With not doing in-person events anymore, it's great for people to be able to go to their local boutique or whatever and pick up uh, one of my products because then you don't have to pay shipping and that sort of thing. So wholesale is now a big part of my business. And how that all started was I actually, some of my friends that were doing wholesale before me were like, hey, your products would be really cute here. Or you know, I would go out and do some small business shopping on like small business Saturday or whatever. And I'm like, I love her store. I want my candles to be in her store. That is so cute. So I would do some um, organic, you know, just sending them emails and reaching out and being like, Hey, I would love to be featured in your store, be on your shelves. What, you know, can I send you some products and see if we can work together? So some of that I was told, no, you know at the beginning and that's okay and now I work with some of them that told me no and I you know that just comes from continuing to reach out no is not no no is just not right now mm-hmm. and I learned that from my 10 years of sales in corporate america um it's nothing personal you don't have to take it personally it's just like it's not a good fit at this time and that's okay but now it's almost easier to get Well, not easier. I think it's just because my brand has grown that people know about Dirt Road Candle Co. Or people come into people's stores and say, oh my gosh, you should have Dirt Road Candle Co. in here. I don't know how many emails I get of people being like, hey, so-and-so told me I should carry your stuff in our store. So here I am asking to, you know, carry your products. So I think that just comes from grinding, if you will, and being willing to put yourself out there again and. yeah, you have to be willing to be told no. And that's okay. That's nothing wrong with you or your brand. It's not a reflection of anything other than it's just not going to be a good fit right now. And that's okay. So yeah, I've had a lot to learn with wholesale, um, just how all that works and how to price, especially. A lot of people don't have any clue on like how wholesale pricing works. Again, one of my friends that I met in markets was a huge influence on like, this is how wholesale works, and you should try this and that, and whatever. And now I'm on a platform called Fair, which is a wholesale buying platform. So I have my retail website, my wholesale website, and then I've also joined this platform called Fair. And it's basically like an Etsy for uh, shop owners, boutique owners. So, like when I'm hosting my events at the farm, I will buy products from other small makers through this platform, but I also sell on there myself. So if you're a flower shop in a small town and you want access to small handmade goods, you can find us on FAIR, which is pretty cool. The caveat to that is FAIR does take a commission if you find them like on their platform. But a lot of people I've already had an outstanding relationship with or, you know, I can prove that like we follow each other on social media, that sort of thing. So that's been A nice way to get my product in more people's shops. So there are platforms out there like that that exist for people who are just getting their feet wet with wholesale and would be a great
1: place to start. I did not know about that platform. So that is Mm -hmm. great advice. And I think your response to getting into the wholesale side of things, it kind of brings our discussion full circle where Mm -hmm. it's really about community and. The people and then connections that you make. And from your corporate experience, which throughout our conversation, like you've taken so much about sales and customer service from those years, and then into the market phase of the business and into your events, like just the through line of all of it that I hear is just like, how can we serve people? How can I be authentic to myself while also? Being of service to the community. And I think that just encapsulates Dirt Road Candle Co. so well. I think it's just wonderful. Thanks. Well, Michelle, I knew this was going to happen, but we're already getting close on time. So before we sign off, can you please let listeners know if they want to check out what you have to offer? Where can they find you? And then if they're interested in some of the things I've shared about what you discuss on social media, how can they connect with you on social as well? Sure. So
0: you can find me on my website, which is www.shopdirtroadcandleco.com, where we are selling 365, 365 days a year. And we ship to all 50 states. I think I've shipped to all 50 states. So yeah, we can get you candles in just a few days if you need one. And if you want to hang out with us on socials, we're on Instagram, which is um, my handle is Dirt Road Candle Co. And uh, Facebook, Dirt Road Candle Co. And I'm also on TikTok if you want to join on on TikTok, which is also Dirt Road Candle Co. So we're pretty across the board on all the socials.
1: (laughs) Keeping it consistent. I love it. Yeah. Michelle, we end every episode with what I like to call the small talk round. So these are just a few like off the cuff questions. I didn't send you for preparation. They just kind of came to me and I'm just going to throw them your way. Are you cool with that? Yes. <laughs> Let's all go. right. Number one, what is your all time favorite scent that you've created? Oof. Um,
0: that is really hard. They're all like my children. So that's really hard. Um, But I will say, we are revamping our signature collection. So we have seasonal collections that are here and gone with the season. Um, and then a signature collection, which is here all year round, and you can get it available all the time. And I am obsessed with our new scent called Farmer's Daughter, which will be launching in September-ish time frame, or you can get first nibs if you come to our open house in person. But Farmer's Daughter is amazing and I feel like it is like Michelle to a T and uh that's probably my new fragrance my new favorite fragrance right now is called Farmer's Daughter and it's coming soon so sorry to be a tease but um that would be what is my new favorite fragrance
1: <laughs> okay I really want that <laughs> like, already <laughs> I can't wait all right yeah. question number two was there ever I love to hear the successes, but I also love to hear the learning moments. Was there Mm -hmm. ever a scent that you were like, this is going to be awesome. And then it just like totally did not come together for you.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, There is always fragrances that I love that aren't the best sellers,
1: which is a bummer
0: because when I look back at collections, I'm like, okay, what kind of rose to the top? What kind of sank to the bottom? We need to get rid of the ones that didn't sell as well. And it never fails. My favorite fragrances will somehow go to the bottom. And I'm like, I don't want to get rid of you. Like cookie plate, for example, is one of my all time favorite fragrances. And it just doesn't sell as well at Christmas. And granted, because there's ones like Christmas tree and cozy Christmas that people are obsessed with. But I'm obsessed with cookie plate and now it's not coming back because no one bought it. I mean, people bought it, but just not like as many as Christmas trees. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that happens and I mourn about it and then we move on and come up with something even better and it's fine, (laughs) but I'm still a little salty about cookie plate. It's okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a small batch. It'll just be like a a small batch production. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Question number three. Um, I didn't know how else to work him into this, but Rowdy, your yes. pup, the cutest yeah. thing. What is what is the naughtiest thing Rowdy has ever been caught doing? Uh, he
0: just is a lot. So <laughs> a lot of my days, which granted, this is another moment of Michelle not doing her research. Corgis are herding animals, so they are extremely high energy. So when I was like, I want a corgi, it's really cute. I should have been like, is this practical for a girl who is going to have this dog with her all day long and wants him to just, like, be a cuddle bug? No, a corgi was not a great choice. But (laughs) here we are. I've committed to loving him for the rest of his life. And um, so Rowdy's very ball obsessed, and he will take his ball – And wrap it around your ankle. So, like, I will be carrying candles or counter sprays or whatever across the shop, and he will be wrapping his ball and head like around my ankle. So he is a tripping hazard more times (laughs) than not, and that's probably the naughtiest thing he does because we haven't dropped anything yet, but our time is coming.
1: And he is—he
0: just wants to throw
1: the ball. So I always laugh because he is so dang cute and like. But he also, yeah, he is high energy. And so I love the stories that you have about him. He just cracks me up.
0: So if you ever want to buy a corgi, just know that you have to spend a lot of time playing active games with them. We've instituted (laughs) noon noon walks, and that has really helped with productivity in the afternoon because we wear him out a little bit and then he takes a nap and that's really good. So
1: (laughs) perfect. All right. Last question. What is your favorite season on the farm?
0: um, fall is my favorite by far, because it's just an awesome time of year. Like I love the colors. I love harvest. I love everything about fall. But spring is a close second because I love calving season. The only reason I'm not saying spring is my favorite is because there's so much mud and I hate mud and it's literally everywhere in my life and I can't get away from it. Um, but like yesterday we got a huge rain and it was super muddy. And I'm like, what other person chooses shoes based on the moisture content at their farm? Me, I do. I pick (laughs) shoes based on if these can get muddy or they can't. So, um, yeah, harvest is my favorite. The smells, the colors, everything about fall is my favorite, but, um, spring is a close second.
1: And I love that at Dirt Road Candle Co, your lines, your product lines will kind of mimic those seasons. And I know that every time you release your seasonal collections, I'm like, oh, yay, just in time for fall or just in time for Christmas (laughs) or now just in time for spring. We're burning still, we've got just a little bit left of the lilac scent. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it gave us life in the late winter (laughs) season. So thank you for bringing the seasons (laughs) inside for all of us too.
0: You're more than welcome. (laughs)
1: Michelle, you have been so generous with your time this morning. So thank you. I am so grateful for your time and then grateful for your advice and just being a great friend. So thank you. Thank
0: you, Molly. I appreciate it.
1: Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week, and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.